Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of FF Plus, a spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussions. I'm your host, Aaron White, and I have two extremely different films to talk about today. Before we get into that, just a reminder, the format here is very straightforward. I'll give you all the likes, the dislikes, and a recommendation about whether I think a movie is worth your time and money. It's simple, short, and spoiler-free. If you are enjoying the content, I'd love to have you subscribe to the show, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, or share a social media tweet or post on Facebook. Help spread the word and let others know that we exist and bring more people into our communities like our Feel and Film Facebook discussion group and our Discord and our Repod channel. But let's get on with the films. The first we're going to talk about is called Pleasure, distributed by Neon. It stars Sophia Keppel, Zelda Morrison, Evelyn Clare, Chris Cock, Jason Toller, Jason Strong, among others. It is directed by Ninja Thyberg and written by Ninja Thyberg. What's it about? Bella Cherry arrives in Los Angeles with dreams of becoming an adult film star, but she soon learns that fame won't come easy as she harnesses her ambition and cunning to rise to the top of this mesmerizing and singular world. Now, I want to start off this review with a quote from the letterboxed entry of a friend, Lexi Amarillo. She says, if you can't handle watching this movie, you shouldn't be allowed to watch porn. And I think that that is very, very true. This is a film that is going to be extremely challenging for many viewers. And most of you listening to this, I'd say, very well may never watch this film. And that's perfectly okay. What the movie does is provide a very, I'm going to say it's realistic because it was highly researched and it feels pretty natural the way that it's produced. So it's a very realistic look at someone trying to become a, an adult film star and what that world is like. And when you peel the layers back and you start to see what a porn shoot looks like from the perspective of the people who are involved in it, it is quite different than what you might see if you were watching an actual pornography as it has been presented via videotape or online channel. Obviously, those are going to be much more highly produced. There's going to be music added. There's going to be dramatic editing. It's a lot different when you're watching from a camera operator perspective. So my feelings on this are that, first of all, most people who watch this, I think, are going to struggle with any sort of evaluation of it that isn't colored by their existing approval or disapproval of the porn industry. So if you are a kind of person who believes pornography is wrong, should never be, you know, consumed, that's going to affect how you view this film. If you're the person who enjoys pornography, you're going to be affected by this as well. So my big takeaway is that I think that it is extremely insightful though and it does a successful job of maybe making you rethink the exploitation and the manipulation that 
women in particular, these young girls can go through in this industry. It's male-dominated. There's a toxicity to it at times. And I think it's probably indicative of a lot of different professions. Of course, this is just one where it stands out in a big way. The film does a good job of showing Bella going through different types of pornography shoots, one of which biggest kind of dichotomy to me was there's a back-to-back shoot where she attends with a male director, a couple of different male talent, and it's a very rough scene. And there are no safe words that are put into place. There's very little preparation for it. It's just a, hey, you signed the consent, you're okay with XYZ, and they go to work. And it's really disturbing to see the acting, quote, acting, when someone is being slapped around and spit on and punished to the point of her actually crying and being upset and not wanting to do this anymore. And then to see these actors flip a switch and go into, oh, how are you okay, baby mode? And it's just really affecting to me. And then back to back, you end up seeing that with a shoot that she attends that has a female director. And there's, there's males involved in this one as well, but it's a BDSM shoot. So she's all tied up and they're constantly asking if she wants water. Is she comfortable? The way they treat her, the way they go through preparation together, figuring out safe words, talking through the scene, what it's gonna, what's going to be allowed, what's not going to be allowed. It's a very different experience. But dramatically speaking, it is a story of her going on this journey. She has a group of friends that she lives with. All of them are trying to break into the industry as well. One of them becomes almost like a best friend, and then drama occurs between the two of them throughout. I don't want to give away the ending, but it gives this sense of how corruption around you can create corruption in you. There are some beautiful scenes to this, too. There are just a few moments of Bella and her friends where they're hanging out. They're not actually part of pornography shoots at the time, and they're not wearing makeup. They're just getting along, getting to know each other, singing smiling and it reminds us that they're just people who are living their life and that for them this is a job it's a passion it's a dream and that's part of the thing that you have to get over as a viewer because you've to understand like yes they may there is an exploitation aspect to this industry but there is also an angle of this is what the person wants she is going into this full knowledge of what is expected and it's because she likes it And so is there a place for that where it can be done tastefully and it can be done respectfully? And there's a lot of questions it brings up, but it was just incredibly enlightening to me. It is also very, very hard to watch. So many of the actors are actually adult film stars. They appear as themselves or somewhat lightly fictionalized versions of their characters. This is raw and it is explicit and and i'm not i mean with the exception of showing actual penetration you see everything there's full frontals of both male female there is almost every sexual position and act you can think of is going on in this movie it is not for people who have any kind of aversion to what might be considered perverted or hardcore sexual content on screen, period. 
exclamation mark, full stop. <laughs> Do not go see this. I'm actually very thankful that I didn't see it in a theater personally because I cannot imagine the uncomfortable feeling I would have had sitting next to people watching this movie. But it, that being said, it's not an arousing type of experience. It's not You're not watching actual porn and becoming excited by it because you're watching an indictment on it, if anything. Although the movie, I, don't, I still don't think it takes a full position as to like, this is good or bad. It's really does a fine job of walking that line between, hey, here's what it is. And it's up to you, almost like a documentary, to kind of determine what you think about this industry based on this new information you've been given. All right, so that's it. It's out in theaters on May the 13th. Again, I just told you, I personally, I don't necessarily recommend you go see this in a theater. I think it's perfectly fine to see it at home if you're so inclined. It's very beautifully shot, though. It has great cinematography. It's really artful. There are some times that I think separate this from a very low-budget approach. You're going to be reminded of Sean Baker's filmography, if you're familiar with that, the way that he uses non-traditional actors and the approach he takes in humanizing characters and that are you know, typically have, have kind of outside-the-box desires, careers, identities, etc., and so there's something to be said about seeing it on a big screen just in a way to support it. You know, it wasn't at Sundance for nothing. I think it was at Sundance at a film festival, one of the few film festivals. But I personally recommend seeing it at home on your couch if this sounds like something you're interested in. And again, most of you or at least a, a large chunk of you will not be. And that's completely fine as well. This is not something you should force yourself to watch. But it's a great performance by Sophia Kappel who I believe it's a debut performance for her. She's an actress in, I want to say, Sweden. Hopefully I got that right. But somewhere uh, in a Nordic type of countries. So yeah, there you have it. That's Pleasure in theaters on May 13th. Let me know if you see it. I would be curious what your take on it is. Now, as I mentioned, the second film we're talking about is completely different. And that is Chop Gun Maverick from Paramount Pictures. Stars Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, Louis Pullman, Charles Parnell, Bashir Salahuddin, Monica Barbero, Jay Ellis, Danny Ramirez, Greg Tarzan Davis, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer. It is directed by Joseph Kosinski with a screenplay by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie. And a story by Peter Craig and Justin Marks and based on characters by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. What's it about? After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Training a detachment of graduates for a special assignment, Maverick must confront the ghosts of his past and his deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who choose to fly it. The background, Top Gun, the original is a top four film of all time for me. Grew up with it as an enormous part of my youth and childhood. I was in the Navy for 15 and a half years. I was a Navy chief. So I have a lot of reasons to be in love with the Top Gun property. And I'm just a super fan. And so I have been anxiously awaiting this ever since it was announced. Had a lot of faith based on it being 
made in general because Tom Cruise had famously said many times that he would never do it unless the script was something he fully believed would advance the character and do justice to the story that they had previously told. I love Joseph Kaczynski as a director. I think visually speaking, he is absolute aces. And so he is a wonderful choice from a aerial filming kind of, uh, you know, approach. And I also think that he has done great work on a dramatic front in Only the Brave with characters that are a lot like the kind of fraternity or the the bonding that takes place amongst able aviators who are sort of at competition with each other, but also have to be a team. And I, I think he has executed that well in the past, so I was excited. All right, well, enough about all that. The movie freaking rocks. Bottom line is it is phenomenal. It is a fantastic as sequel to come so far after the first. It's got to be one of the best to ever do that. This is how it's done. It is beautifully emotionally executed it takes the characters and really rounds them all out the ones that we know previously in ways that give them a lot more depth and and i think that that is wonderful tom cruise slips back into being maverick effortlessly it's not even a challenge for him it feels like it's just where he left off and I think that the journey that he goes on in this movie from a you know, character development standpoint, it, it all makes perfect sense. Where is he's at now based on what we knew him to be? And then the struggles he has with the relationship with Rooster, who is Goose's son, and trying to accept moving on from being the one thing that he knows, which is a pilot. These are very central to the plot. And it makes perfect sense for what you would do with this character at this age in his life and at this stage of his career. The romantic subplot that occurs with Jennifer Connelly is a huge win. It's not a big part of the film, and I think that it has just the right amount. And again, it speaks to the difference in age of the character. It is all about the maturity of Maverick at this point. He still has that push-the-limits flyboy bravado. He still is dangerous, as Iceman would say. He still has issues with authority. But in this one, he is able to like make more mature choices because he's got time behind him and experiences behind him. And so the relationship, the romantic part of it, is really, really sweet. It's not sexualized, really, hardly at all, and it just it, it was just a joy, to be honest. It was how I wanted to see this character end up. So I think it was a fantastic choice. It was awesome casting. Jennifer Connelly is the perfect match for this character and in this movie. And as Maverick's going through this, you know, he's dealing with his self-worth issues and his own identity, his own regrets of the choices that he's made. So everything to do with his journey through this story is really well-defined, and I think that they chose a great way to get him from, I guess, point B, maybe if he started at A, end of Top Gun, he's at B, to get him to, to point C, to the end of what we're going to see from him as a character. You're coming for 
aerial action, there's no doubt about that, right? The aerial action is unbelievable. It, the choreography, the flying stunt work, the VFX, it's jaw-dropping and gloriously jaw-dropping at many times. I cannot wait to get the special features and see every possible making of documentary I can about this movie. I want to own everything. I want to just devour the ways that they were able to accomplish some of the stuff because there are things that jets do in this movie that they should not do and that are borderline reckless, which I guess is appropriate for the character. I was shocked. I mean, I, I kept wondering, you know, there's got to be a moment where they do the hit the brakes and he'll fly right by. And, and I don't mean exactly that, but where they do the equivalent of what that was to Top Gun. And this has that in spades several times where I feel Maverick's real and I'm going, you're going to do what? And they do it. And it's just absolutely beautiful. And it has one of the most perfectly placed F-bombs. It's a PG-13 movie. So, you know, typically they get one f-word in a pg-13 movie and it's in the it's in the right spot it's in the same spot that i as an audience member looked over at my friend who was with me and said the same thing so (laughs) i think that they understand how the audience is going to be feeling at every point of this movie it's a blockbuster listen it brilliantly blends nostalgia adult drama and the action to into a push the boundary blockbuster and it serves as this wonderful coda to what i consider some of the greatest cinematic heroes of my generation it works it's got integrated scenes and flashbacks but there's not an overkill of them so it almost comes off like fan service at times but but frankly it was the fan service that i wanted i mean i had a grin on my face i was laughing out loud i cried multiple times because i'm so invested in this world But I can see very clearly how if you are coming to this without the knowledge of Top Gun, or maybe you don't have the attachment to Top Gun. I know a lot of people have been saying that this movie is leaps and bounds better than the first. It's, you know, unquestionably a better movie. Now, I cannot go there. Again, Top Gun, number four film of all time. I'll probably go into depth about that question and that debate with Patrick when we do our full episode on this in a few weeks when the movie is out spoiler episode but the short of it is i think that for what top gun was at its time and what it was trying to be it's executed without question flawlessly i truly believe that i think this is also again the perfect progression and that is what makes it feel like it oh maybe it's better no but it's just great they have a reverence for the original that shines through and i think it's so obvious that they care about all of these characters and where they're going to end it up and what they're trying to say about the way in which naval aviation has progressed throughout the years from where it was then to where it is now and it's a level of human emotion that is on display here and and tension and everything that i just think is so incredibly expertly managed by Kaczynski. He he knocked this out of the park, everybody. And I am very often disappointed by sequels that I have high expectations for. In fact, quite often I go to 
a film that I am looking you know forward to for years and years. In this case, it's been delayed so many times, and or a sequel to something that's one of my favorites of all times. And I'm like, oh, it was kind of let down. It takes two or three viewings before I'm willing to like come around, and I find myself falling for it. No such case here. Uh, I left the theater on an incredible high. I cannot wait to see it again. I already had a couple of tickets booked for D-Box and Dolby. I saw it in IMAX for my press screening. I'll probably be seeing it even more. And I recommend the highest possible affordable technology you can find. You can get the loudest theater and the biggest screen because this demands it. And you will not be sorry (laughs) with the experience you're given. I do have a couple of nitpicks on it. Some of the pilots to me feel almost too much like kids. To be fair, this generation's pilots at this age may truly act like this, but by comparison to, say, the original, it felt like they were a little more adult in how they acted and how they handled themselves. This, to me, feels more like very young adult characters, and I thought that some of them were pretty forgettable. Even the main antagonist for this, and I would say he's kind of in the, he's like, he's in a weird role because it doesn't really have a direct correlation to the original film, Hangman, but he's sort of an antagonist in the group. And I think he leans a little bit more towards a traditionally just a bad person than the previous film. The previous film, it felt like, yes, there's massive ego at work, but everybody always, you could knew, respected each other. And I don't get that sense at times from this character. And then the other weird thing about this one is the villain. So the issue, the the mission that they're going on is insane. It's bonkers. It is completely unrealistic in a lot of ways that they would ever be able to pull this off, frankly. But that's what makes it fun to watch. But in the first film, right, it's just like, oh, the Russians are breaking this invisible boundary that we have in the air and so we have to keep them away because we don't want them to discover our aircraft carriers and such well it made sense at the time i don't understand why people have an issue with that like it was the mid of the middle of the 80s we were in the cold war like there that was the threat and so that's what they used so this time it's very similar but it's as being a kind of modern threat it's an unnamed international threat and i think it's probably intentionally not called out who the enemy is it's kind of generic quote bad guys because we don't want to ruffle any feathers and it makes it a little bit you know easier to stomach because it's just generic there's no branding no country to tie this enemy to and for me that made it have just a little less buy-in than i would if i felt it was an actual kind of i don't know directly comparable threat to real world that we were dealing with right now. That being said, it doesn't really matter. It works. The film builds to an absolutely massive, explosive, and epic third act of action that is going to put you through the emotional ringer and have you come out on the other side just like me, I think, in awe of what they pulled off. It's fantastic. It's great. Uh, So happy. Still happy with it. Top Gun Maverick will be available in theaters on May 27th. If you can't tell, like I said, biggest, best theater you can mag- you can get to. Do it and get your tickets now. Get multiple tickets now. I think it's going to be one of the biggest blockbusters 
of the year, and I think it has a legit shot at getting a Best Picture nom. So you put me on record right now as saying that. That's it for this episode of FF Plus. I hope you've enjoyed and gotten some information that will help your decision-making about films that are coming out soon. As always, if you do see any of the movies, please look me up on social media and let me know your thoughts. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filled. Thank you.